1: This guy was the absolute worst person I've ever caught. He often talked about how he fantasized about his grandchildren. He also had this real 14-year-old girl um, that he used to pay to walk his dog. He fantasized about her as well.
0: Welcome to another episode of On the Edge with Andrew Gold. I've got one hell of an episode for you today. This is the kind of thing that I set the podcast up for. I'm just fascinated by this and I suppose It's very much an episode that is on the edge. It's an activity that's on the edge, and that is the activity of being a pedophile hunter, or paedophile hunter, as we say in the UK. I do flip back between the UK and US pronunciations as we go on. But Courtney Elizabeth, that's Courtney Elizabeth is how it's spelt. You can find her on YouTube Locals, and she talks about all that at the end, and there'll be links for you to click, so please do, because she is fascinating. She goes about tracking down men who have an interest and are trying to meet underage children. Well, I mean, they're just children, aren't they? Um, And she sets up a decoy. I won't go too much into the details now because she's going to explain that. But it's one of those episodes, really, that didn't feel like an interview for me. It just felt like I was sitting in a bar or cafe talking to an incredibly fascinating person with a job that is just very much on the edge so good on Courtney and we get into the philosophy of of what is right and what is wrong as we go on loads of cool interesting and diverse episodes are coming up but now you're on the edge of paedophile hunting with Courtney Elizabeth how many potential pedophiles are you currently speaking to right now, Courtney?
1: Um, I'm currently speaking to potential pedophiles, uh, about 60.
0: 60? I thought you were going to say like five or six.
1: No, consistently about 60. I spend about six hours a day straight just maintaining those consistent uh, conversations so that they build trust.
0: Whoa. That's pretty mad. Okay, so there's 60 of them. Let's get into the beginnings then. like, How did the idea pop into your head that you would start hunting pedophiles?
1: Yeah, um, I was a big fan of To Catch a Predator, Chris Hansen's To Catch a Predator. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of predator catchers um, came from, uh, got got inspired from. Um, I would watch To Catch a Predator when I was like 13 and 14. I actually went on a uh a chat room when i was 14 portraying a 14 year old um but i didn't use pictures or anything and i just wanted to see how many people would turn away when i was a child and nobody did on that chat nobody nobody on the chat room and then when i got older i missed to catch a predator and uh in my suggestions on youtube anxiety war came up a channel And I thought it was so cool that it was uh, a citizen doing this. And I just knew immediately I wanted to be a part of it. And after my first two catches, I guess I just never stopped. It's been about two years.
0: Take me through the very, very first one you did, because you must have been incredibly nervous.
1: Yeah, I was nervous. I kind of missed the feeling of being nervous, because now I think I'm a little too comfortable, you know? But uh, yeah, my first catch was actually someone that my mom went to high school with Shut yeah. up. and I had no idea until after it went like viral in the, in the city that, um, I caught him in, I had no idea, but, uh, yeah, we were, we were supposed to meet at the park and he was, uh, in a relationship and he had uh, little grandchildren at the house. Not only was this guy, someone my mom went to high school with, it was my uh, friend's stepdad as well. So it was just really crazy immediately off the bat. My first catch, you know, and we met at the park and he was a runner. Um, I, I went to his house. My very first catch, I followed him to his house like on foot and I knocked on his door and he wouldn't talk. But that was my first catch. It was was kind of a flop but a win on the exposure side because so many people were like oh my gosh I know him
0: how old were you when you did this
1: I was I just turned 23 when I did that
0: so this guy was expecting a how old child
1: I believe 13
0: okay and then you turned up presumably what with a phone camera
1: uh yeah, I used my camera person. He actually went to school for uh, visual communications, so he had his camera, and I had my phone. But the predator came out of nowhere. Uh, he didn't tell me he was on the way. We had just got to the location that we were gonna meet him at, and we had no time to prepare. Now we, you know, give ourselves about an hour to prepare. But back then, yeah, it was just we had to go, we had to be ready, and we he just showed up out of nowhere with no warning and uh, we had to do it from our phone. So we were doing it actually long way. And it was, uh, like I said, wasn't, wasn't a great first catch, but <laughs> it's there. No,
0: it's something though. And then how, how did the relationships continue with your friend whose stepfather it was?
1: Uh, yeah, she got upset with me and was not on board with it. Felt betrayed. Yeah. No longer friends. Oh. Shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you have any doubts yourself?
1: No. I I knew this. This guy was actually one of the worst that we ever caught still, you know. He he actually sent me, well, to my decoy account, so who he thought was a 13-year-old, he sent a, a picture of him wearing my friend's panties. So, yeah, he's pretty, pretty disturbed.
0: I can see why your friend was defensive because... It's like all that stuff about her goes out into the world, and and and, yeah. and also the way that these guys sometimes manipulate younger people. You can only imagine that she might have gone through something horrible living in the in the house with him over the years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't really hold anything against her. Uh, if the roles were switched, I, you know, emotions are high and i don't know what i would think either so i don't really hold it against her and i don't really think she's defending him it's kind of like what you said all that personal stuff kind of about her is coming out too and it's unfortunate um these these predators really do destroy everyone's lives around them when they do this
0: did you put that one out on youtube then
1: Yep, I did. It was my very first video. It has since been removed, but it is on my rumble and I believe on locals.
0: It's just crazy that YouTube would remove those things because, well, I, I suppose they're thinking about the legal issues and things you can prove with regards to him.
1: Right, I think so. It's, it's big. They're really big on censorship. And um, if there's no police presence in the video, they tend to take them down. So I, I usually do police on the scene, but sometimes if it's in a county where I know they won't arrest on the spot, I'll just turn it in afterwards, you know, go to the station myself.
0: Wow, interesting. So I just I just, find, I just find this whole thing extraordinary. I, I just, I'm amazed. I spoke to Chris Hansen. I had him on the podcast a while ago, and obviously he's done it, and he's done it with a whole studio and a whole group of people, and the police are already involved from the very, very beginning, and it's all this big... Almost Hollywood production and you know, good that he does it, but you just went out on a whim, did this stuff. Were you concerned at least the first time for your for your own safety? What if this guy had turned violent?
1: Absolutely. I was so scared. I was so nervous. Um, I think like the first five or six catches, I was very nervous, but it just felt so right to do. I was already mm-hmm. in too deep. My very first catch, I actually had a just like a steak knife in my pocket, just in case. And so when I was running after him, he was like jabbing me in my thigh. <laughs> so it's a funny story, like really lightly, you know?
0: Yeah, that's crazy. But- Cause I wouldn't do that just because I would be thinking once you bring a knife to this kind of thing, it sort of elevates everything. So if, if he were to get the knife from you, then you're in even more trouble than you might have been anyway. But I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how to fight. I mean, do you know how to fight?
1: Um, a little. I'm, I'm mainly like, I know self-defense. I don't really know how to fight fight, but I do box. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, but he didn't see the knife. He wasn't aware that I had a knife or anything.
0: Okay. Well, you're ahead of me if you can box and know some self-defense. So I, I I understand that. And so again, just going back to this first one, what, uh, was that, so now you've got 60 people at a time. How did you start? I mean, where were you finding these chat rooms and how many people did you have in the first few weeks before getting that first catch?
1: Um, The first catch, I think I had about probably like four or five people Um, and then I got a little overwhelmed mentally talking to them every single day uh, when I first started and um, Kevin, my first catch, he was the one that out of all of them where I thought it was the most uh, you know, I had to prioritize that guy before anyone else. So I, I kept talking to him. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, it was very overwhelming to, for me to talk to multiple people at once, you know, for the longest time I would just have like, you know, I would talk to maybe five, six people and, uh, then you know they wouldn't really be too into into it. I would have to initiate the conversation a lot. Then I would just you know prioritize the one who's really into it. Now I just you know as opposed to now I just uh, talk to everyone who wants to talk, and I'm mentally capable of doing that now. <laughs>
0: mm. You do you get sort of desensitized. I've interviewed a lot a lot of these people myself. They're often they're 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 ones who claim they're non-offenders. Uh, which is not quite as gruesome as having to actually have encounters with real offenders. I mean, there are these people who have this, I don't know if it's a, if it's a sickness or whatever it is, but who don't act on it. And I think it's a little bit more palatable being able to sit down with one of them than what what you have to do in your work, which is confront these people who really have or are about to do some of the worst things we can uh, imagine. What What are these... When you you talk about a chat room, I'm imagining something that I've not seen since the 90s, you know, with like ASL was age, sex, location. It was a way you sort of say hello to people and it's this little column on the side. Is that still going on? Is that where these people are hanging out?
1: Um, I actually found one free chat room. It's where I got my first catch from, my first, second, and I think fourth catch from um, called chatab.us, so I actually do use that a lot. It's a free chat room, and yeah, it's like ASL, you know, thing like that. I also use, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Grinder, um, Badoo, um, M24, Meet Me, Scout, uh, Bumble, just all of these apps that are meant for adults, but kids or teens do go on them, you know,
0: Mm. So, have you got like a profile photo on, say, Bumble or Grinder of a child?
1: It's me. It's either me when I was a child, or it's a Photoshop face app photo of me to appear as a child.
0: That's pretty. That's pretty out there. Because again, I, I would think there might be like an avatar, some sort of AI child, or something like that. But you're you're really putting yourself out there. Yeah. Does that gross you out, or are you used to it? I suppose that these men are getting off on that.
1: Yeah. It's something I used to think about a lot. It, it is disturbing if you, if I really think about it in depth, but I am very numb to it and it's always as sick, as sick as it is, it's the outcome is always worth it, but it is disturbing to think like that they are touching themselves to my photos. Yeah. But Hmm. it's, it's the risk that I take, you know, (laughs) every catcher uses their own photos. Do they? yeah, or photos of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what well, do other catchers use photos of you? Yeah. Why is that?
1: Um, a lot of catchers are males and they need a female. I personally turn myself into a boy uh, when I you know use Grinder, which is a male hookup app um, just for males. and uh, I, I can face at myself to look like a boy. Um, these, these other catchers, it just looks so fake when they turn them, when they transform this, themselves into a little girl, it looks so fake. So, uh, okay. they always ask me <laughs> for my decoy photos. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought, I would have thought it would be like an, an, AI thing, but I suppose that looks just fake enough that these guys would get suspicious.
1: Perhaps. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone has really thought of AI or would really feel with that I think catchers would feel most comfortable as weird as it sounds using someone's photos that they know yeah
0: and when when you use photos you say of yourself even when you're not younger is that because you look I mean you do look very how old are you now
1: I'm old I'm 25
0: (laughs) I think 90% of my audience just went what old what are you talking about (laughs) but but yeah
1: uh, that's for sure (laughs) too old what to, to play a live decoy now that's for sure
0: well you, I mean, you do look very young um I, I, and 25 is is well again 25 to me is very young i'm 34 and i'm feeling older than that now in a, in a bad way but uh that's weird okay so you're sending right so you're going to one of these chat rooms or a dating app and, uh, you've yeah. you've got you've got the picture and then what age does it say because presumably you can't even put anything younger than 18 on bumble
1: Yep. So on almost every app except Facebook and Instagram, I put 18. And then immediately when they message me first, I never message them. Whenever someone hits up my account, I say, Hey, um, how are you doing? What's your name? By the way, I'm not actually 18. Like my profile says, I'm six, I'm eight, I'm 13, you know, and What, um, influ-
0: what influences that age? Like what the age you choose? How, how low you go?
1: Um, it just, it depends how I'm feeling. Um, sometimes when I feel like I haven't gotten an arrest in a while, just like someone being arrested, like detained, taken in for questioning, uh, you know, that's not an arrest. So sometimes, and they get let go, no charges. Sometimes if that if it goes a while with that and it goes a while without me getting an arrest, I will drop the age to six or, for example, ten. And then I'll bring up my five or six-year-old sister. And then they are sometimes interested in my five or six-year-old sister. Um, and then nine times out of ten when they're interested in my little sister, uh, which isn't real, by the way, um, <laughs> have child porn on their phone and then that's an immediate arrest.
0: Uh, and so 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 you'll then ask them do you have child porn on your phone or is that do you mean later when you catch them because you know they were interested when that in such a young girl that later on if the police check them out they're going to have the child sexual abuse material.
1: Yep, um I I asked them during the confrontation. Sometimes in the chat when I am decoying they will tell me that they have um those photos or videos. Mm-hmm. God. I mean it's dark.
0: Yeah. And 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 you know what? I think forget the deviancy for one second. Like the stupidity to write that down, to have that down in writing. Presumably a lot of these people know that there are people out to get them and they know yeah. the consequences of what happens. If they do get caught, do, do they ever recognize you in the way that, you know, when they walked in and they see Chris Hansen and go, like, ah, oh, you know?
1: No, not in real life, but on the apps, when they uh, are okay with the age after I drop the age and they ask to see more photos of me, uh, they will literally say things like, oh, you're that nagging bitch on YouTube, or oh, you're the girl that tries setting people up. So some, I get recognized on the apps while I'm decoying with my younger decoy photos.
0: Mm, that's why it's got to be, you've got to look into AI.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes I use one of my friend's photos. Uh, she's an adult. She gives me permission to use her photos as well. So I uh, think I watched just... six months straight once of using someone else's photos because I was getting recognized so much and it was uh, scaring predators away. So.
0: Who is, I mean, does anyone stand out as, as maybe the worst deviant that you found online that you got, got to?
1: Um, yeah, it's hard to remember all of their names because I've done so many, but his name was Jeff, Jeff Kent. Um, he was from Lansing, Michigan. Uh, this guy was the absolute worst person I've ever caught ever, 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 ever. Um, he... I actually had uh, a group of people actually set this up for me. There's like some uh, supporters, moderators in the community that help decoy for like every catcher sometimes. And it's really nice. And um, they're very trusting. Well, this is set up, this catch was set up by one of those people. um, And for me. And um, so she would have uh, probably about 10 hours worth of phone call with this guy. And she would live stream it on YouTube. And he, you know, often talked about, he had eight grandchildren. He often talked about how he fantasized about um, his, his grandchildren and said, I can't do anything to them because they'll tell my daughter, which is their mom. And he also had this real 14 year old girl um, that he used to pay to walk his dog. You know, he told my decoy that he fantasized about her as well. And then when we confronted him in Lansing, Michigan, he didn't get arrested. Um, but during the confrontation, he was very open and honest. Uh, he talked about all of these kids that he talks to, all the photos he receives, how he sends inappropriate pictures to them, um, stuff like that, and how he, you know, fetishizes, feti- fantasizes, <laughs> fantasizes about his grandchildren and his uh, little girl neighbor.
0: On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that private. What's changed? That's expressvpncom com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more.
1: So, uh, but I will say that his son and uh, his son reached out to me, thanking me even after he ended his life because uh, of their kids and everything. It's a so, really dark genre.
0: Yeah. So he took his own life afterwards. Does that suggest... I guess there's two things I'm thinking, and we can only speculate, of course. I'm just going to ask you to speculate. Is this somebody who is so torn up about the evil things that he's done and he hates himself for it that he takes his own life? Or is it someone worried about the consequences to him if he's a psychopath? He's not Because then he's not worried about what he's done. He's worried about, I'm going to spend the life, my life in prison where I'm going to get beaten up and this is going to happen to me. What do you think is more likely?
1: I think for him he he was in his late 60s i believe he had decades and decades to turn you know his life around and not act on his urges um it did go viral on facebook uh not the video but just the post and uh pictures from the confrontation that night he ended his life and it was i think personally it was just more than he could bear i do feel like he felt ashamed and sick And I also felt like a big part of it was because it went viral on Facebook. Um, But I do, I I did remove that video from Facebook. I do, out of respect for the family, um, his actions do not reflect on his kids. They're very good parents to their kids. And um, that's like a really big thing that I was stressing. I just want people to respect the family because they had nothing to do with it.
0: You've got. An, an issue, I think, that, that we all have as YouTubers, which is, I suppose, to an extent audience capture and uh, morality being compromised, because I think it's easy for people to sit from the sidelines and judge those kinds of things. But when that's your business and then you come to rely on your income, uh, I try to equate it to other people. Uh, to, for, for example, sometimes people say, why do you do such sensationalist content or videos or videos about pop culture? Because my channel is usually about, well, I guess things like this, grittier stuff. But every now yeah. and then I'll do some celebrity stuff and people, most people like it, but some people get very upset with it. And it's just like, well, that brings in a lot of views and a lot of subscribers and I don't see the harm in it and blah, blah, blah. And you do have these issues. You do sit there and go like, oh, am I, is this right for the channel or is it just right for me or for the business? Like, what's the right thing here? And you've got a situation, I guess, there where you, You've got to be thinking sometimes, I want to put this up because it's important to out these people. It's important people learn about it. It's also important for my channel and my business. This is You've got your own life to worry about as well. But then also, there's the collateral damage with the family and other people involved. I mean, is that the kind of thing that gets you thinking and wondering?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so back and forth, especially when that happened. I was not okay myself um, for... It's hard to talk about. Um, It's like he can't hurt any more people anymore, but when something like that happens, it really makes you think. It's like, he probably did this because of me, because I caught him. However, it was his own actions that got him there. He needed help, he should have gotten help. I do offer resources for help. Sometimes I keep in touch with these people and wanna know their progress. a lot of the time, they don't go and get help. They just say whatever they want to make themselves look good on camera. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it, it was hard. I do have the video on certain platforms, but where it went viral, which was Facebook, I did remove it. Um, and then I think I waited about a week until I was okay. And I was like, okay, people still need to see this, especially his little girl neighbor, you know, um, that he was fantasizing mm-hmm. about. That walked his dog and her mom actually reached out to me as well and was thanking me and everything so i'm so glad that i did post the video but i am really happy that i did take it off of facebook completely and also gave the family some time um so i, I it, it was really it's a hard situation to be in so it, i still don't know if i did the right thing but I still wouldn't have felt right if I didn't post that video anywhere, you know? It's a really tough situation to be in, and sometimes I don't know if I'm making the greatest decision, but when it comes to this, I feel like in this case, I probably did make a good decision, you know? Went kind of neutral, didn't put it on all platforms, just some, you know?
0: Yeah. Take me through the moment you found out that he had taken his own life.
1: I was in shock his son actually told me, um, it was hard hearing it from his son. I was I was in shock, and the first thing I did was comfort his son, and I told him I understand if I you know if you don't like me, <laughs> if if I ruined your family, ruined your life, um, but I was still comforting him, and he was still just so grateful, um, and he just wanted to let me know. He said that his family was getting a little bit of backlash. So that's why I removed it um, immediately. And yeah, I, I was just in shock. So I would talk about it with, you know, some people that I'm close with and it was, they gave me a lot of reassurance that I didn't do anything. And so I just have to keep remembering that I didn't do anything.
0: Mm. Well, I, I think you you did do something. You potentially saved the lives of, of many children around this person.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, kill him, though. Is Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah. No,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Go on.
1: He had uh, some real victims as well, too, his um, stepdaughter. It was just th- anything you can think of. He, he was one of the worst, though. So a part of me is... I've caught some people that were not nearly as bad. And I'm like, just, yeah, the whole suicide thing is just really insane to me to talk about and to think about. But I will say like, he can't hurt anyone anymore. And he was very old. He had so much time to make better decisions and things like that, change his life.
0: Yeah, no, well, absolutely. And, And, you know, I think you're doing the right thing here. There are cases, obviously, some vigilante hunters, pedophile hunters, have given the whole thing a bit of a bad name. Are you aware of some of those? I just recall reading certain articles. Firstly, some of them who have gotten the wrong person, which is just when they've live streamed it and gotten the wrong person. I can't imagine a worse thing. I mean, awful. And some of them have also turned out to be molesters themselves those are just stories off the top of my head. i can't think of any specific ones but are those are the kinds of things that that happen and you, you'll be thinking oh god why because you're not you need to take more care
1: yeah it, it definitely makes all of us look bad i think as the whole genre the whole community um especially if even lie lying like predator catchers that lie on live streams and stuff you you need to build that trust so that you know When I first started, I would show all of the chat logs, read them, and I still show a good portion, but YouTube is a little strict now, so I just read a few chat logs, but I needed to gain my audience's trust, and it's so hard when other catchers are super vigilante, uh, super abusive, lie, you know, accuse the wrong person, and don't apologize, which has happened. It's, it's really tough, and it does reflect back on all of us catchers because we all do stand together, and we're supposed to stick together and support each other. But um, it's it's hard to support every single catcher when they're not in it for the right reasons and they don't act like mature adults, I would say.
0: I want to get back into your process. Um I, I haven't used the chat thing the the dating things for over 10 years because I've been in a long relationship. The t- Tinder was like you have to match with people Is that the same on a lot of the other ones and are you then just going yes to everyone and then waiting for that when you' once you've matched you're waiting for them to talk to you
1: That's exactly it on every app except um, grinder and wait is that like that on grinder? I should know this no it's not it's not like that on grinder. Um, that's how it is on every other app though, except Grindr, Facebook, Instagram, I would say Facebook and Instagram have the worst predators on there. The worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. How do
0: they get in touch? They just see your profile and message you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. They do that. Or I'll add like, uh, there's like these gymnastic page, gymn like kid gymnast pages and uh, I'll go to and see the following list, like who's following it, and it's usually a bunch of dirty, sick men. And I'll, oh. I'll, add, I'll either follow them or add them, or sometimes I don't even do that, and I just go to their page and like their photo, and then they'll add me, and strike conversation. So that's that's a huge, yeah, it's it's so crazy. I know um, Alex Rosen from Predator Poachers. He caught, uh, I believe, it was a husband and a wife, and they straight up said, well, you know, I, I can see pictures of kids all day. I mean, look, ho- look how many people post their kids on Facebook. And to me, that was just so surreal. You know, people post. Why did they their- say
0: that? Like in, in response to what?
1: Um, like being into kids. How did you get all these kids pictures on your phones? Well, look at how many people post their kids on Facebook. I can see kids all the time on Facebook.
0: Shit. Well, that I mean, that is a, that is a learning moment. If if anything is, if people are listening now, I'll I'll put this on the audio podcast after. We're currently live streaming to locals, um and that's a learning moment because people. I I've seen it myself. I've I've investigated as, as I said before non-offending pedophiles in, in Germany. I went around looking into them and meeting all these different people and stuff. And one of the things I came away with as well was exactly what you've just said: is they're getting off on your kids. And presumably most people listening are not comfortable with that. Maybe some people are. And I met some parents who are. They're like, well, it's not hurting them. But I think most parents would really not, you know, find that they'd find that the most ghastly thing in the world. Stop putting your kids up, especially half naked, all this stuff in public places. Because it's ridiculous. You wouldn't put a poster of them on a real wall outside, like half undressed or whatever. It's it's like the men, it's something like one in a hundred men. So have have those attractions in america what is it 300 so 160 million men so what's what's that i don't even know what's one in 100 for that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> 160 million so it's got to be 6 million no <laughs> one point one 1.26 million something like that one something like a bit over oh f- now i've got to do a thing right 133 <laughs> million Divided by a hundred. I mean, dividing by. 100. Imagine not being able to divide by a hundred. This is this is the state that education's at. That neither of us can do it. Uh, One yeah. million three hundred and thirty thousand, roughly. Um, men obviously some are kids, some are very old, some are whatever. But you, you're looking at about a million of these people just in America, and people are putting yeah. up photos and, and and Instagram, Facebook's not just America; it's the whole world. So uh yeah i think people need to learn more about that so so when they're getting in touch with you on facebook those sorts of messages i should expect that my sister she's uh 16 she, when she was 15 14 she was probably getting those messages wasn't she yeah
1: most likely i know i was when i was 13
0: 14 <sighs> it's just uh, something's got to be done I, I think just education I don't, I don't know. So that's where you're finding these people. They're saying hello. You're saying you're a certain age between 6 and 12 or 13?
1: Yep. That's usually the lowest I'll go is 6, and then the highest I'll go is, I think, 13 now. I don't think I do 14 anymore.
0: Okay. And is that because those people are just not getting prosecuted?
1: Uh, I just want to go younger. I feel like there isn't much of a difference. I feel like if I were to say I'm 14, they wouldn't turn me down if I was 13. Vice versa, if I said, you know, I'm 13 or 14, you know, it's just so close in age. But it's just like, to me, like the younger, I feel like is more s- severe. There are definitely levels to this, you know, um, so,
0: yeah. Mm. The more, the more, the younger, the, the sort of more worthy of, of being caught, The the more, I, I suppose I would feel that way, you, you know. If, if, I, I guess, in, sixteen is illegal in most states in America as well. But I, yeah. d- I don't know if you'd feel that comfortable. You know, do you need to go and get that person who, who's after sixteen-year-old girls when there could be someone you could you could spend your time finding someone who wants eight-year-old
1: girls. Right. Exactly. And I think you know that's still disturbing to prey on a sixteen-year-old. However, I don't. Mm. I'm sure it would happen. I'm sure I would get more catches if I said I was sixteen because that would be older. But I think the highest I've ever said was fourteen. I know there's some catchers that pose as a fifteen-year-old and catch like nineteen-year-olds, and I do. You, I mean, that's great, expose them, but it's it's like they're fishing for content sometimes. I don't know. I don't even if I'm portraying a fifteen-year-old, I wouldn't go after like I wouldn't pursue a nineteen-year-old. You know, there's no, there's bigger that, yeah. bigger fish to fry. There's bigger problems That's it. here.
0: That's it. You're not you're not saying that you you don't find it immoral to you know if somebody's under sixteen. You're saying that you've only got a certain amount of time. You might as well go out after the real extreme cases, I suppose. Uh, it, I mean, the law in the UK is 16. And I've often wondered why. I don't know who to whose advantage it is that it's 16 and not 18. I don't know why we need that. And of course, I think special cases should be made for a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old or a 17 and a 19, even 19 and 15. I, I, don't, I don't think most people are up in arms about that. Russell Brand was in his 30s when he was dating a 16-year-old. So I think that is morally dubious, but it was apparently okay by our law here but so there's all sorts of different zones there blurry zones but do you notice a difference in the personalities of these of the predators who are interested in a 14 year old girl or interested in an eight-year-old
1: oh absolutely uh you know just chatting with them while i'm decoying if they're into an eight-year-old they're usually more sexual than you know uh A 40 year old talking to a 13 year old. So like I had someone, I think I caught them on their 62nd birthday. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. Uh, He was after an eight-year-old, very sexual. I spent the whole summer live streaming on Twitch talking to him as an eight-year-old. Made my voice really childish, which I'm really good at for some reason. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And he was just very sexual, wanted to marinate my body in barbecue sauce and wanted me to shower with him, wanted to kidnap me. He would send inappropriate child pictures to me. It is very disturbing. And I find a lot of people that are talking to my eight-year-old decoys, you know, to be that same way, very sexual. More sexual, I would say, than the 40-year-olds talking to 13-year-olds. Not always. (laughs)
0: how 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 sort of familiar have you looked into because i know there is a there's not enough there's not enough there's a dearth of information about pedophiles in general but there is this concept of the hebephile or hebephile uh, and we say pedophile instead of pedophile but whatever you know hebephile being someone who's interested in post puberty girls so i suppose 13 14 15 um whereas a, a true pedophile somebody who's completely like exclusively there are interested in younger than that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes 13 is too old for these people. I went on uh, an app called M24 for the very first time. Um, One of these catchers told me to check it out. And he was like, you can literally say you're four years old or no. Yeah, four years old. You can literally say that you're four years old and they'll be like, okay, want to have sex. And I was like, no way. I was like, (gasps) So I did. I said, I'm four years old. And he was like, do you want to suck my dick? Seriously, on M24. What is M24? It's just a, a weird app, uh, a dating or hookup app. I still don't know too much about it. I don't use it too often because it doesn't do a radius. It's like everyone in the country. Um, so, uh, yeah. so it's not
0: really, yeah, it's hard then to to, to, to track people down.
1: Ask someone wow. in the
0: state that I'm in, yeah. I think like I, I started writing a book about this subject, which I hope to have out in a couple of years, just because nobody talks about it. So I guarantee that ninety-five percent of the people listening to this on the audio podcast or, or on locals now or whatever, uh, don't know about most of these things and probably have kids and everybody just wants to turn a blind eye and not talk about it, not think about it, and it's, it's, it means your kids are unsafe because how many parents now know about M24? Well, sounds, that's a motorway in, in the UK. It's a, that's the the M20, M25 is a, is a highway. Um, so, so we don't know about these things, and yet that's what's going on. Um, so what's the next, the next stage then? Okay, so you're talking. How long do you typically talk back and forth with, with a person before trying to, uh, go, to go to meet them?
1: Um, it's, it's different. It's, it depends on if I am traveling. So let's say that I have someone I've been talking to for about three months. That's in Indiana. Right. And I'm in Wisconsin. So I have to do my catches here first so I can be talking to someone in Indiana for three months Then I can finally go and get them once I free up more. Right. All right. So while I'm in Indiana, after I get that guy that I've been talking to for a few months, I will start posting myself on these apps again, portraying a kid, um, setting up profiles while I'm in Indiana. And then sometimes it takes a couple hours. Um, So yeah, usually Wisconsin it takes, I usually wait, you know, some people have different ways of doing it. They get them uh, the moment they wanna hang out. I try to wait until they say something sexual. So it can take a couple days until you build that trust. Um, There was this one person I was talking to for 11 months and he didn't he didn't get too sexual until way later on. To me, I I'll still pursue them. I just need to build their trust. I don't give up that easy. At the same time, you can't make someone a pedophile. Um, there have been people I've been talking to that never got sexual. They were just talking to kids morally wrong. But and I, I did end up catching them. You know, sometime had went on and on and on, and it's like, why are you still talking to this child? But if it's like yeah, usually for me to catch someone, it, if I'm traveling, um, a couple hours it takes. Um, that's all I have to talk to them for is a couple hours. But if I'm posted up somewhere, like my state or if I'm in California, um, I'll a couple weeks, you know, for them to build trust, talk really sexual, get arrested. Mine is about, my mindset is like quality, you know? I want quality. I want arrests. I don't want to just make quick content, you know?
0: do not go any further. Turn around, go home. And quick content, so quick content would be just following the wrong people, people who are not really necessarily doing anything that wrong or that you won't be able to get an arrest for.
1: People, yeah, that want to hang out and play basketball with a 16 year old, you know, I I don't that that you've only been talking to for 2 hours, you know. I wouldn't catch someone like that. I would try to pursue them more to build trust, see if they talk sexual in a few days. I wouldn't catch them right then and there cuz they want to play basketball. I have nothing to go off of then except lecturing an adult about morals, you know.
0: Do you feel like there is this sort of psychological battle going on when you're talking at the beginning where they're trying to work out if you are for real or if they're going to get in trouble by saying things uh, even if you are a real child when they say something you might then go and tell your parents are they sort of trying to work you out
1: um i believe so yeah oftentimes too once you build trust and they do eventually talk sexual they will say delete these messages don't show your parents are you sure your parents don't go on your phone um so i mm. do believe that's a huge part of it yeah that's why I said. Really incriminating. Like, yeah, very much hmm.
0: so. Hmm. What were you going to say?
1: Um, that's why I said it ta- sometimes it takes a while to build their trust for sure. Okay. Then they will you- feel more comfortable to open up and say what they want to say.
0: Do you work uh, with police at all, or is it just you, you call them afterwards or something?
1: Um, sometimes. In Glendale, California, we have them on standby. It was very nice they were very it was awesome um Mm. usually we call them afterwards or immediately before we do the catch um depending on how brutal the chat logs were um and then they usually arrive we do the non-emergency number it could arrive 20 to 40 minutes so it gives us time to still do the confrontation and the cops are on the way
0: Oh, right. So they're on the way, you're on a time limit, like they're on the way anyway, and then you're going in to do your bit for YouTube content, I suppose. And and so you can fund doing the thing that you do. And are you also trying to get them to say more incriminating things?
1: Yep, absolutely. I try to get them to tell me what they meant by this message. Oh, what did you mean by this message? I try to get them to go in depth themselves. Um, Some people say I'm too soft on predators. It's not that I'm soft. You know the the brutal approach the aggressive approach doesn't really get you anywhere i've learned they will shut down they won't open up if you befriend them and i say that with quotes you know get them to feel like you're on their side that everything is okay well there's not an actual kid here right you didn't do anything i'm just trying to understand then they're going to open up most likely and that tactic works for me really great it's not that i'm being soft on them i mean i'll talk You know, I'll tell the truth and talk shit, you know, in my monologues about what they were there to do. But aggression doesn't really get you anywhere with these predators. You want them to feel comfortable with you so that they will open up.
0: I love the idea of these keyboard warriors at home, like telling you that you're too soft on these people. Like you've actually gone and set them up and gotten them probably into prison. You've gotten them off the streets and potentially saved children's lives in doing so. And these people have just sat behind the computer, and rather than saying "well done, fantastic," they're sitting there go, "You're too soft. You're too nice." When you've actually gotten a confession out of them, I find people right. just incredible. Do you, they, they're just what? What do they want from everyone?
1: It's no matter what we do, it'll never be enough. And I can say that with every single content creator. You know, it will mm. never be enough for some of these people, uh, but they'll still continue to watch for some reason.
0: <laughs> I think the other thing is what we've we've talked about before is that that you. You, I get, it looks like you want to show a more professional side, like Chris Hansen did, and like a few others do, to this vigilante hunting. Because some of those people have really let the whole game down. And if people keep doing that, police are going to outlaw the whole thing. I mean, what is the, what is what are the laws? I, I imagine it varies from state to state about vigilantism in this in this sense.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's such a gray area. So yeah, there's there's certain things that we we can't do. Um, We have to always make sure, at least in Wisconsin, we have to make sure that we let them know they can go whenever they want. Uh, It's just that's mainly like the biggest thing. And then also no bribery. Uh, You can't say talk to us or we're going to police. You can't do that. We can get in trouble for that. Um, Yeah. So it's it's things like that. We cannot yell in public Um, in Wisconsin. We we will get ticketed for it, um, which we have my, my team and I. Um, when we first started, we did yell, Hey, this man's here to meet a child for sex. We got disorderly conduct charges. Um, so it's just like little things like that, that are actually pretty big things. Um, you know, back then when we would yell stuff like that, which a lot of catchers do, you gotta, you gotta realize like there are children at that store that you're yelling at. You're scaring children, you know? And I used to be one of those people that, that didn't really, care or acknowledge my surroundings i just wanted everyone to know this person was here to meet a child but you have to think about the other <laughs> real children that are there shopping with their parents that's not a safe environment for them um yeah hmm. I, do I,
0: do you, I, go, on.
1: Oh, go on you go on
0: i was just gonna ask if you know again it's, what's that that feeling okay so I, i've always thought with the chris hansen stuff it's just it's just the most it's the most watchable thing. And I think that says something good about humans because we want pedophiles to be caught, but also something bad about humans because I think we, we're we titillated by or entertained by a drop in status. I think that's a really interesting thing that humans have to see where somebody who was high status or, or normal status before suddenly loses everything. And it's the exact moment you see them smiling and then seeing Chris Hansen and that smile drops and it's such a remarkable moment. It's the most watchable TV stuff. I mean, the fact that I'm, I was watching it as a kid, like sat there with my brother watching it in the UK. It's this American, obviously a lot of American stuff makes it over there, but not, not everything. And we're sitting there just growing up watching that, like, oh my God, that moment is part of you. What are you feeling with that tension when you're about to knock on the door, you're about to approach them, and that person, before you do it, their life is like, do 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 everything's fine, and it's about to go, bam. How are you feeling?
1: Uh, Me personally, I feel I feel I feel great. I feel like this is my job. I feel I'm ready. And then afterwards, uh, hopefully they get arrested and charged. Um, Then I go out to dinner with my team and we go on with life as if nothing happened because uh, it's our job and (laughs) we we are we are protecting kids at the same time. I know it could be like uh, You know, sometimes we'll like laugh a little like, oh my gosh, we just ruined this guy's life and we're just here bowling now like nothing happened. We're just going on with our day. But we we joke. Really, we did not ruin his life. He made his own decisions, couldn't control his urges. So to me, I feel I feel ready. (laughs) I feel I feel ready. I love knocking on the doors too. Knocking on the door.
0: Do you you ever worry about, do you feel bad for the ones who are like, there was one I watched uh, the other day, a recent one of yours, the guy is like, like supremely overweight. He's like obese, obese, obese guy, and looks to maybe have some learning difficulties. Are are they, I mean, what do you do about that with the sort of line there? Because this is, this is a guy who does seem to understand that what he did was wrong, because he's previously been court so he knows he's wrong so i suppose that's where the law lies but is, is part of your feeling especially for his mom who sat there and doesn't know how to what to do with this son
1: yeah um for that one specifically you know like you said learning disability is a little slow but very aware um mm. as you you know you saw in that video my approach was calm i was inside of his house and i knew he was a little slower so again we I was calm and uh, they ended up testing me the mom, you know, things, things with that one. All I wanted was a confession and I got one. And uh, I know I still really felt the need to really drill it in his head. Stop doing this because he literally is on the registry for doing this. And it's. Yeah, so even though he is overweight, can't talk to, you know, girls his own, you know, girls. He, he he wants to talk to vulnerable children that might give him the time of day. And um, that's not right. And I was just really trying to express how that's not right and in the way that I'm talking to you, you know, a calm way. The mother was very enabling though and things were just going nowhere. He ended up not even getting arrested even though he's a registered sex offender. And it's just so frustrating. The cops were laughing at us. They took, Were they? yeah, they were, I don't know if I put it in the video or not. Um, on YouTube, it might be on the uncensored on Facebook or rumble, but yeah, they were, they were laughing at us <laughs> and Why? they're like, oh. uh, because we were filming for YouTube.
0: Oh, so like YouTube silly.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, you're trying to be Chris Hansen, trying to do a gotcha thing. I believe that's exactly what they said. I said, No, I'm just Courtney Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's a there's a pedophile right here that you guys have gotta sort out.
1: Yeah, and they didn't. They didn't talk to him, they didn't question him.
0: Is that to do with the state or county you were in?
1: County, I believe. I I don't know. It was in St. Paul, Minnesota. I have heard decent things about Minnesota. Um but from the comment section a lot of people that live in St. Paul say that they are not surprised on how the police treated us. So it might just be mm. that phony. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. It's such a difficult thing to know what to do cuz do you just lock these people up forever? So so I mean firstly I'm always hearing that that they're not tough enough. The sentences are not tough enough. You end up you go to prison for like longer for some sort of fraud where you've miscalculated your taxes than you do for molesting a child right insane of course it's different from state to state country to country but in general it's it's nowhere near strict enough um not that i I imagine it would act as a deterrent anyway um and then you've got like i think it was called koalinga which is where louis theroux is a documentary maker i really like a british guy he did a documentary in koalinga and they're just there forever like their whole lives and they're just it's eating up tax money and they can never leave what's the right thing to do to to these people
1: um yeah this is actually a really interesting topic you know i had someone who was sentenced to four years uh and someone you know commented on saying not long enough and he had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands thousands files of child pictures um yeah he got arrested and charged on his 41st birthday for some reason i'm really good at catching people on their birthday it's really weird. Um, but, you know, he got sentenced to four years after all of that. And something that the detective told me, which really opened up my eyes, um, is that as crazy as this is, and how uh, this is sick, you know, if you have child pictures like that, you are contributing to human and child trafficking, right? So that's essentially what this guy was doing, selling them, buying them, stuff like that. These were real kids. I'm talking about like in different countries being raped and stuff like that. And he had those files on his computer and everything. And he only got four years. Now, what the detective told me is that the judge does not want to lock up someone who just has pictures for you know, 25 years or life because they're just pictures, is how the detective worded it, which is not true. But to the judge, they would rather lock up murderers and stuff for life so that the prisons and stuff doesn't get overpopulated. But then when you hear the detective saying that, it, it brings us back to kind of what we were talking about. You know, you you go to jail for or prison for twenty years or something for selling coke or weed. But really but this guy has is contributing to human trafficking and he only gets four years because they don't want to overpopulate the prisons because of pictures. But it's more than just pictures. It's contributing to human trafficking. So it's really aggravating. <laughs> it's really and then and then when you actually do, you know, molest a child, you still get sometimes a year probation in Wisconsin, you know, and a lot of places here in in the US. So yeah, yeah, it's really frustrating.
0: It's really frustrating. And then I I hear from the other side, uh, just kill them all, you know, kill all the pedophiles, which even if you are going to, if you want to live in a society that goes around killing people who've done bad stuff, you know, that's a debate to have whatever it's not possible because you can't find them all and prove beyond doubt that all of these people did this. You can't kill them all. So we have to do something. What do we do with with, with pedophiles who haven't, as far as we know, offended? What can we do with them?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are people uh, out there who control their urges, who who know that they have this sickness and they go to therapy for it instead of acting on their urges. And I, like, that's a great thing. As long as they recognize that they need help and they don't act on these urges and don't talk to kids, don't watch, you know, don't receive or search um, harmful children picture material, stuff like that. Just get help and try to make something of yourself. You know, yeah, you can't. Why would you kill someone who never acted on it? never, who is getting help too, by the way, you know what I mean? You can't kill all of these people. And especially the people that didn't do anything, the people that know that they are sick, so they choose to get help. Why would you want to kill that person, you know? So I don't agree with all the pedophiles. We can't and (laughs) murder doesn't (laughs) solve pedophilia.
0: It's become quite a, a controversial thing to say, isn't it? And it shouldn't really be because we, we're not a society that that punishes people for their thoughts. We're just we're just not and should never cross that line into becoming that. We can judge people for having horrible thoughts, I suppose, but we don't actually put them in prisons for it. We can say, oh, you have those horrible thoughts. Um, my understanding was that in America, though, and I think in the UK and Australia, and um, that that there is mandatory reporting. So if, if one of these people did want to go in to get therapy, they would be reported to I don't even know who and put on some sort of list. Do you know much about that?
1: Um, probably a watch list like so that the Internet Crimes Against Children Department can monitor their history and everything on the computer. I don't yeah. know much about that, though. no. I don't, it's going to stop so. them
0: it's going to stop them going in though isn't it that's the only. The, where i was in germany i was living in germany they've got this thing it's one of the only places in the world where there's no mandatory reporting so that these guys can go to therapy and they don't even give their name to the therapist the therapist doesn't know their name anything like that and it means a lot more of them actually go to try and get help and it's really controversial because it means that a lot of those guys the therapists are knowingly sending them back onto the street potentially yeah. to abuse more children but on the other side of it Some of them are being helped by the therapists and then they won't touch kids. So it's just a minefield.
1: That is absolutely insane. That would be a tough position. Wow. That's wow. You don't have to give your name. That's I've never heard of anything like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well what they do is they hide their advertising. It's a thing called Don't Offend and it's state sponsored in in Germany. And they, they put their advertising in Video files that are supposed to be child sexual abuse material, which you can still find on like Napster and LimeWire, all these old programs we used to use to download music. Um, And they will open a video thinking it's going to be that kind of material, and it's actually just an advert saying you can get help. Here's the number. Come and get an appointment.
1: Wow. Give
0: your yeah. You don't give your real name. You don't say anything. And you just go in and you get the the therapy. And the therapists say their main job is to disabuse these people of their cognitive biases because they say if they don't do this these guys uh the pedophiles uh, they go they just go to like the dark web and to other forums and things and they talk to one another and they convince each other that what they're doing is okay whereas yep. the therapists help to make them realize no this is what you're doing you are destroying a child's life and they hope that it helps but they don't even there's not even any real stats to know if they're helping or not
1: yeah, I can see how that's pretty controversial. But.
0: Yeah, it's completely crazy. Why don't you tell us a bit about your channel, where people can find it? Locals, YouTube. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, on YouTube it's Courtney Beth, And uh, it's just my content of confronting predators and uh reading chat logs. Um, and then I'm also on locals, locals.com slash Courtney Beth, And then rumble, Courtney Beth, Facebook, Beth. Instagram, (laughs) spaces. and uh, on Instagram, I post a lot of reels and shorts of uh, catches, even the ones that were moved from YouTube, and then I link where you can watch the full video. Um, So, I think Locals and Rumble is a really great platform to post such controversial uh, content on, and there's not much censorship, which I really appreciate, so... Yeah, if you guys, want, if anyone wants to check out my content and help spread awareness, that's where you would I find
0: think, me. I hope that they do. I really want people to go and check it out because I think it's amazing what you do, uh, and I think we need to support it. And it's, it's also aside from everything else because it, it is a very worthy cause, and it's really helpful, and it does help. I think saves children's lives. I think there's no worthier cause than that. It is also, and, and forgive me for saying this, it's an extremely entertaining channel. I mean, it just is, as as Chris Hansen was. It is interesting to watch these people who we demonize, rightly or wrongly, perhaps rightly, getting sort of brought down before they're able to abuse. So I hope that people do go and check it out and, and find those videos interesting, because they absolutely are. Got a little comment from Mel Bennett, who says, just want to say well done to Courtney for staying within the law and getting convictions. Zug Zug Daboo says I'm so glad I caught this live Uh, Miss Bliff says thank you for all you do to save kids you are a star Um, so that's nice isn't it does that feel nice to hear
1: thank you so much it's really encouraging too and it's uh, all the support and everything and the people seeing that Um, You know, we are saving kids and um, spreading awareness, educating parents too, you know, about these apps and everything. It means a lot to hear stuff like that. And uh, it's really encouraging to keep going because this job can be hard. And um, yeah, I, I thank you so much, everyone who said those really nice things. It means a lot.
0: Thank you Courtney Elizabeth for coming on the show that was just absolutely fascinating it blew my mind and I will probably try to get her back on at some point because it was just so interesting we actually recorded that live on Locals you can come and support the show there at andrewgold.locals.com we recorded that live about a week before this has gone out on the audio stream. I haven't put the full episode on YouTube just because of the whole censorship thing there. And I don't think that this topic would go down very well, but I might put some clips there, like five minute, 10 minute clips on YouTube. Um, Thank you guys for listening as ever and supporting this channel and sticking with this podcast. I hope you're finding the episodes recently a little bit more diverse and interesting and controversial and uh, challenging. I hope they challenge you to think in different ways because they certainly do, the guests that we get on, certainly do challenge me to think differently. See you next time. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
1: pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
0: for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.